Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, it's Throw Me to the Lions. This is my favorite song they wrote about Siegfried. Yeah. But, good thought. Sigmund Freud. The Lions. Something there. Welcome to As You Were. Hey, this is a podcast about Alkaline Trio. My name is Tim. This is my friend David. Hello. And we are here, like we're here every week, to talk about an Alkaline Trio song. And an Alkaline Trio song that didn't exist when we started this podcast. That is true. Um, it's it's nice to get these kind of rolling up now. Oh Jesus, what was that about, dude? I got I got a big fat bone to pick with this mic stand, so I thought <laughs> you just I'd, had some soup. You're all revved th- up. I thought I'd take it out now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's cool to see these songs coming up and getting to talk about them because like it, we were. For our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash as you were, we did a listen through of the new record, gave you kind of first impressions, first thoughts, and largely my opinions have held. My excitement has not really waned. The stuff I liked, I still like. The stuff I dislike has not ever been like truly glaring and awful. Right. Yeah. It's it's like this kind of sense of excitement that I guess we've been lucky enough to participate in where we get into talking about this band the way that we do we're you know doing this thing uh and then all of a sudden like oh shit a new record Mm -hmm. and a new record that drops quickly and you know from my vantage point if it had happened a couple of years ago i don't think i'd have been all that excited about it because i hadn't been in a long time but now it's like okay okay this is uh this is freaking entering into my world at the right time and then it freaking blows into my world with a you know a, a release that's as good as they've done in 15 years. Totally. Totally. And I mean, we have our critiques of it which we'll get to it, but like there are songs on it where I'm like I really like that. It gets stuck in my head. I enjoy listening to it. I some of the ones I've seen play live I've really liked. It's just like nice to have a new record where it's like you know, as opposed to maybe the last couple album cycles where I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to hear this song and that song. And da, da, right. da. I'm like, I'm this one, I'm deal like, with this song. Yeah. This one, I was a little more like, oh, shit. Like, I'm excited to see what they what they do, you know. And uh, I don't know. It's just cool to uh, it's cool to like see a band that, as we've discussed, like is maybe on the upswing again, you know. And as I think we've said before, I think the Blink-182 thing happening to Matt is maybe the best thing that could have happened for Alkaline Trio. Right. I think that um, the, you know, the idea that you have to kind of go away for a second and then come back and realize how good it was, mm-hmm. um, that kind of idea really permeates. And hearing Blackbird come out and just hearing that track and hearing the vigor to it and the just excitement that comes off of that recording, it's like, oh, this isn't this band going through the motions again. Totally. And... When I hear this song, I'm really, really reminded of Blackbird in yes. so many ways. Th- this song, Throw Me to the Lions, is one that when I first listened through it, 
I was like, this is an interesting placement in the back half of the record because this song's such like a burner. Like this is like maybe the fastest song on the record. It's not, a, it's the type of thing that I see hallmarks of different eras of the band in this one where like there's a little bit of like the This Addiction, My Shame is True stuff, but it's got more inspiration to it than I think some of that material. It's not as straightforward. I think it's it's got a pretty long kind of ambient wash of a bridge as much as this band does an ambient wash. And like, I really like the playing on it. I think, you know, those little kind of like weird sound effects in the first verse don't, don't bug me in the way they do on some of the other records. It's just like a very... As I've said before, it's kind of like a first impulse, best impulse kind of song. Absolutely, I feel like that's so much of the uh, of the record in general is is first impulse, best impulse. When you say that, it reminds me you of uh, my shame is true, this addiction sort of straightforwardness. Mm-hmm. What, what do you what do you mean exactly by well, that? Well, I mean I think this is a song that I think on one of those records would probably be a highlight for me, but here I think just kind of matches pace with a song like blackbird right you know falls in really well but i think you know lyrically it has a lot of stuff i would normally find kind of goofy maybe right off a little bit um but he's writing more lyrics i think for this than he does a lot of stuff on the preceding two records which are so like second verse same as the first chorus kind of barely there just kind of like not really about anything this is maybe not really about anything, but it's reaching for something. There's at least some twinges of clever wordplay, but I think a lot of it's like in those verses of holding out the guitar chord and just kind of singing over it. Yeah. You know, I think the band does more with it. I think it's carried a little more by Dan and Derek. Derek moving into the the Tom work, leading into the choruses, is one of my favorite things on this record. Mm-hmm. Like that moment is what makes the song for me. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting like looking at the lyrics because they're they're a little goofy. They're kind of they're kind of skiba esque. It's it's but it doesn't feel like he, he's phoning it in. No. And I think what he does really well here and it's it's like okay, you're going to say things like hocus pocus and shit that like that. Sicko up above. Right. But that's not what the song is about no and i do like that the song like it's not necessarily about anything but it's not like it's got to be about the imagery or shit like this it's just like i'm just evoking a feeling Mm -hmm. it's like here's the here's the song here is what it does sonically which is move real fast it has a lot of fun he doesn't need to make it about a fucking you know 17th century uh sorcerer that he read about he doesn't need to like really hit on like you know the specific image of red and black and all of that it's just like all right this is how he writes how he talks fucking who cares he's having fucking fun and i guess i guess that's kind of what i was getting at is where like where that stuff would bug me on my shame is true this addiction where i can kind of see where he's pulling from a little more this just feels like him just kind of being very like conversational almost because one of the things that i think is most fascinating about him and i've been thinking a lot about recently just in terms of you know when we'll talk about it more when we get to the fire festival song but like he kind of, you know, now being someone who 
gets written about in like TMZ and shit. Him making a joke about like, oh, it's my witchy powers, and then everyone all of a sudden is like, he thinks he's a witch. Uh Where it's like he's kind of always said goofy stuff, and that's okay, you know. And I think this is just a little more natural. You know, I I think there's like cool little moves in this song where like none of the lyrics like make the lyrics don't like resonate me resonate with me in the way so much of the early stuff does. But like musically, it's like this is a fun little punk song, like, you know, and it's it's executed well, like the woes aren't overly grating. They're more of like a linking verb than they like they kind of link the chorus pre-chorus to the chorus more than they do like serve just the chorus. I I really love like the woes and the layers that are happening here. This like this song is so well produced Mm -hmm. because it's got all sorts of things that are kind of lapped on top of it but it's not about any specific thing it's just kind of like this serves here this serves here the guitar tones are excellent Mm -hmm. the woes are well placed they're not over the top the reverb on the woes it's not like yeah you're not drowning in it yeah well, and I, I think this serves as a nice counterpoint to the two records previous, which I've talked about a lot so far. But, like, those feel, as records, like, they're well-produced, but kind of nothing. There's, like, no personality to the recordings to me. And the songs feel very, like, you can see how you get from A to B. I feel like a song like this really exemplifies the fact that, like, they're writing more parts again. Mm-hmm. You know, they aren't just doing a simple A, B construction. Um, over on the Patreon, we, we did a big episode about crimson a record where like i think their songwriting kind of starts to codify in terms of like this is how we do verses this is how we get to a chorus this is how but i think they kind of lost track of that in the wake of it and it feels like they're getting that back again of like how to write songs that are traditional pop song structures but use them for their means more than ever before right how the Alkaline Trio got their groove back. Mm-hmm. I like that this song has, it reminds me of a Ryan Adams song called Come Pick Me Up. Uh, you mean the Super Chunk album, yes. Yes. Uh, actually, the Super Chunk album title is taken from that Ryan Adams song. I'm not kidding. Really? They loved Heartbreaker by Ryan Adams. That's an unfortunate fact. Um, that's I actually a, don't that's care about That's a good Adams. record. That's a good record. I, I've never cared much for him. I've tried, and it's always like, this is cool. I forget if I tried with you Maybe. and him. I can't remember. I did I, I did get some some uh, people being like, oh, David, you got to listen to more Guided by Voices. And then I'm like, hey, don't worry. I made him a playlist, and he liked it. To be fair, I like Guided by Voices more than I did in that bit. But well, anyway. Ryan Adams has a song called Come Pick Me Up that I remember him uh, introducing on a bootleg where he's like, this is a song about meeting someone who you know is going to destroy you. You know is going to make you feel fucking awful and is going to uh, like just tear your tear your life into and you're just like bring it. Just sure. fu- just fucking wreck me and that's what this song feels like. It's just like uh you know, throw me to the lions like yeah. you know, I know that I know that I'm in over my head here. But like fucking, I'm one for uh, I'm one for making myself feel like shit as it is. So yeah. let's go with it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's always been a hallmark of some of Skiba's best songwriting, mm-hmm. right? Is I feel like there's always been a, a, a small 
distinction between him and Dan, where I think Dan is often a very introspective, very much just like kind of reading situ- situations, kind of interpreting them, like being too in his own head. Skiba's always been more the gut level, like, I'm an idiot, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's fueled a lot of his material. And I think he would cop to that. So, like, it's just nice to see a flash of that again, where it's like, this isn't you trying to be anything other than yourself. And I think when I say like the blink thing is the best thing to happen to them, part of that is I think, you know, going from a band like that where he's slotting into a role of someone else and he's in a big studio and he's writing and playing in a way that's maybe not his natural state. It's nice to see him just kind of be Matt Skiba again, you know, and it's refreshing. Well, I mean, you want to get a little uh, psychoanalytic on this? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple of readings that we could that we could bring to this song. The idea that you know the lions is is a uh, you know a potential romantic partner that's gonna sure. that's gonna destroy him, or the lions uh, could be the uh, Tom DeLonge fan base of the world. Sure, sure. Which I think is an interesting reading, right? Yeah, because I. That's not, they've never really written songs that kind of function in that way. There's never really a songs about the audience or about that type of conflict. It's usually read or is a little more personal. I, I would be very curious if this is a song that is about like, all right, I'm going into this crazy situation. Here we go. You Bring know? me ultra violence. I love, I love the idea that he's bringing up ultraviolence here there there's so much cheese going on in this song Mm -hmm. you know like let me see how the scientist inside me thinks but ultraviolence in this situation absolutely perfect i also like the way it you know kind of rhymes in the middle of that phrasing too yeah totally I, i think that's always the thing too is like i prefer even though there is corniness and cheese as you said to this uh I prefer to, she lied, she lied to the FBI, but, you know, it's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And, and there was a period of him getting way too into the Ramones, yeah. <laughs> which God bless. But this is like actually him knowing how to do his thing. And like, yeah, you know, maybe it's about any number of things, you know, his romantic troubles or him being pushed into this crazy band. But like, cause there is a song that is directly about the fire festival and the experience he had there, which I like seeing him write about himself again. And I feel like even though it's coded and you know, a lot of like quote unquote clever wordplay, at least it's still fucking the dude, you know, it's still yeah. him. It's, it's not me seeing Charles Manson or a song about fucking devil annoyed city or a song about any of these other topics that often grate on me so much. Right. And you know, the, the flashes of shit like that, it's just, it's just there, and that's it. We don't have to enunciate it on, on it any further. The other read that I have is, you know, the record's called Is This Thing Cursed? And then you got a song called Throw Me to the Lions on here. Mm-hmm. It's like, to me, there's something in a lot of this record and in a song like this where it's really the first just hint of self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. More than I, I think they've ever kind of really acknowledged, right? Like, Yeah, because you, you get it in the early stuff. You kind of get the feeling during, like, the Maybe I'll Catch Fire era mm-hmm. where he's like, 
oh wow i like played at rooms now that's fucking crazy or like, even the, the most on the nose version of it with like a mr chainsaw perfect you know i gotta make a record for a bigger label now yeah. that's tough uh but this one is kind of like man it's it's an interesting perspective and you know i know that we're making a big leap here like going into it but hearing somebody who deals with people talking shit about them a lot too yeah and and like here here's the thing is like i wouldn't say we've been shit talkers but we've been critical of this band i don't think there's any secret but like yeah there's part of me that's like it's just because it's easy to critique the shit you love right and there have been elements of time where he's not doing anyone any favors and he's kind of allowing that to happen but i think there is a line between a um artistic critique and a personal attack right yeah and i think we've always even when we veered more towards attacking it's been about lyrics it's been about songwriting it's been about presentation which i'm sure sucks like you know i think there is an awareness that within this band that like there are people who really care and they have different eras of fans who like will shit on them and i think it's 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 kind of symptomatic of something that i find really fascinating which is like when you were once the really cool hot band which is why people would be interested and care about you in the first place at a certain point when you become the big thing, those people just live to tear you down. Right. You know? And I try not to be that. And, like, it's easy to sometimes and fun sometimes to fall into that. But, like, that's never what I think is. Like, I never find that that valid. You can shit on anything if you try hard enough. Um, but it's like there was something genuine. There was something real. And that's why it's connected. You know, it's it, I don't think it was necessarily them always trying to be the biggest band. I think it, they were just doing what came naturally. And at a certain point, what came naturally was something that interested a lot of people. And I can't hate them for that. Yeah. And I guess it's I guess it's interesting to, you know, take a look from a wider perspective and to see how so much of that can come off even when it's just about someone's records Mm -hmm. it's like someone's records are a representation of themselves to a certain extent we can be mad at matt for not writing about you know real things that are happening in his life anymore Mm -hmm. we can you know take that critique to his work but it's him yeah. There's no way to not take that personally. He's not made of fucking stone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's an interesting thing to bring up because, like, I think there's there's a validity in, like, being able to critique things, but I also think there is a right for other people to critique that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there there is no immunity there, and that's something I've, you know, dealt with for a lot of my professional careers. Like, I can say something, but I always expect someone to, you don't have to like that either, and they may have something to say back. You know, and that's fine with me. You know, I'm, I've always been interested in, in your ability to handle that because you, you know, you posted however many thousands of articles on the Internet. Mm-hmm. People get fucking mad at you. Oh, yeah. I and mean, so you had somebody like go off on you on Twitter last week. Yeah. I mean, that happens a lot. And like I've been thinking about it a lot, too, because in a 
I don't want to get into this specific issue on the podcast, but there's a uh, prominent hardcore band where their singer is not dealing well with a three years old critique. Um, and of yours? No. Oh no. Okay. Um, okay. And that's fine. You have that right. However, like w- what I'll go back to is I've had some very vicious stuff written about me online. Um, if you want to, I'm going to pull up something for you so you can see exactly what I mean. Uh, because my thing is, like I've said, like everyone has a right to say whatever, but like, why don't you, why don't you give a read to that first sentence? Social justice warrior hipsters. <laughs> uh, okay. So let me actually like read this through social justice warrior, hipster scumbag, David Anthony, of communist multimedia shill website, the AV Club, thinks that heavy metal has a Nazi problem. Um, this is a wow. screenshot. That's not yeah, the one. Yeah. You know, when they call me a commie, F word, pinko in there, you know, all, all that type of stuff. Like, I'm, I'm used Christ. to this type of stuff. And, like, for me, that the article that's in response to, like, caused a good, about, a good bit of friction in my life for a while and still does, you know? So, like, I'm used to it. And, yeah, I'm not made of stone. Like, I get – it sucks. I get frustrated. Right. But, you know, everyone has the right to their opinion. And when you do stuff like this, you know, sometimes you're you're throwing yourself to the lines. You're putting yourself out there. Before that was coming out, I knew that, like, this is going to cause some drama in my life for an indeterminate amount of time. And I think the thing is, like, at a certain point – I respect the people who embrace it. Like Skiba's never really gone on record and had a bad look of like attacking people online, of going at his critics, of you know being a dickhead to people like that. Mm-hmm. And then when I see someone in a largely beloved hardcore band reacting negatively negatively to one article from three years ago, I'm kind of like, well, it comes with the territory. If you, if you think this all exists in a bubble of praise. That's just not the way the world works. Even when I get into Twitter arguments with people who are right. literally restating my point to me but are mad about it, it uh-huh. it's it can be very, very frustrating. But I try to always – I try to remember it's a human. And maybe I really disagree with some of the politics or beliefs of a human, but I'm going to engage with them like they're my uncle. You know, that's the only way you get through to anybody. So yeah, this is kind of a tangent, but I, I no, I, I like this because it, it's like, I mean, when we started this thing and we got we got people that were hating on this we got podcast, a lot, of hate, a lot of hate, and you know, I mean, we had one that really particularly called me out, yeah, and I don't know where that review went because it's not there anymore, but that really fucking hurt my feelings. I mean, that's the thing is, I feel like for whatever reason, you've caught a lot more flack. Well, I then when I, then I have. when we started, I came in trying to be the heel. Sure, you, you go back and listen to like Armageddon when I'm just there trying to trying to get people upset, and then it worked. And then I was like, "Well, wait, like, why do you why are you mad at me? I'm like just doing a thing." Well, and I, I, there is a difficulty with that, right? Like, you know, even though I think everything I say and everything. I do is, is an authentic representation of myself. I'll dial it up a little bit too. saying like shit right. on guided by voices or pavement. Bands yeah, sure. Maybe I don't love, but uh-huh. I, I've got nothing against, Yeah, yeah. you know, cause it's just like, sometimes it's nice to just throw it out there and then 
maybe it's because it's like, oh, we'll get to that bigger point and it never comes around, right? And I do think part of it is having the conversation I had with Patrick Kinlan about this stuff for Noisy, like if you put enough of your stuff out there, if you put enough of yourself out there, if people can listen to you enough week after week after week, they start to know you. And and maybe those things that they bristled with, they just see as like a small disagreement. Whereas in week two, three, four, five, six, we're new to them. And they're like, why are they fucking attacking this so hard? Why are they being such dicks? And like, you know, I kind of knew that was going to be part of it, but I'm glad, you know, we found a community of people who understand what we're doing now and kind of get what we're doing now and get that. Maybe sometimes it's a bit, maybe sometimes it's, it's, it's not, but like, I think that's the difficulty when like, you know, I have to imagine it's hard. Like if you're Matt Skiba and you put out God damn it. And then all of a sudden people are making fun of you. It's like, fuck, I just made a record, man. Well, I think that's like where I, where I go to with Matt, who is someone that, you know, he's working on such a big level now, but he still comes from the same place as, as we did. And, you know, we can, uh, you know, throw jabs at, ryan adams and and guided by voices sure but it's like you know those are people that are existing on this larger level and i'm sure that alkaline trio is playing rooms that are as big as gbv but still he made fucking goddammit for nine hundred dollars and there's an, an amount of this guy's life that has just been like taken away he can't be anybody other than matt skiba at this point yep and you know it's i guess it's wild to consider that you know this person who i mean everybody's capable of sensitivities everyone can have a bad day too yeah you know yeah absolutely on both sides Mm -hmm. so like where it can hit you a little harder or you say some shit you don't mean it it happens um but I, I didn't mean to interrupt your point. No, I just, you know, it's it's like, I uh, I feel like I was, I, I feel like I've been here with you for so long. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes I lose sight of the fact that, you know, you're a, you're just a person who's, who's yeah. got to, you know, do what they can to, to get by and to try and experience some happiness in, in your life. And it's amazing what, what has happened for this dude and at the same time it's like even if i'm even if i'm critiquing him in a in a small way i know it fucking can hurt yeah and and i mean i the way i would put it is like if someone was doing a podcast uh where they reviewed every article i've ever written yeah that would be pretty brutal for me um (laughs) but also i think the difference is and this is something i'm going to give matt too is i think he has some modicum of self-awareness maybe i don't always agree with the things he likes versus dislikes but i think more than most he's willing to uh, say when something maybe didn't work right um and i would like to think that like when i look back on articles from 10 years ago i'm like yeah that wasn't that great you're correct i will give you that point but i do want to i've struggled a little bit with like you know, I've had some very delightful personal experiences with Matt where he's been very kind and very generous to me. And I never want to forget that. And I, it's why I want to tell this story at the end um, to avoid name dropping because I hate that. Uh, he's, you're so full of shit. That's uh, all he does. He just comes over and he's like, oh, I got this merge hoodie because I do this. And then, you know, there was nothing. Exactly. 
uh, Merge Hoodie, uh, the person we all know and love. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I got uh, lunch with a member of a prominent Chicago punk band this this week, and we were talking, and we were Alkaline Trio just played a series of shows here. They were at some of them. I, and we were just kind of talking about it and they were like, you know, like I've known Matt for a long time and just one of the, they were like, just one of the most generous, kindest people I've ever known. And like when people go at him, you know, I get really defensive. It's like, you can say whatever you want about me, but like, don't ever say anything about him. And they told me this story, which is like, they were, you know, this was years and years ago, maybe 20 years ago or something. And they were like, I forget what they were, but like Matt was walking up to him, like with this big smile on his face and Matt like held out a shirt that was like said some goofy phrase on the front and gave it to this person. And they were like, why'd you do this? And Matt said, he's like, if you see something that makes you think of someone and you don't get it for him right away, you might as well not have had the thought. And like, it's yeah. such, it's such a small thing, but I think that speaks to the fact that like he is a human being. He's a very kind, generous human being who is also capable of having bad days and maybe making stuff I don't always like. There's no one, there's very few people who have like a 100 out of 100 track record with me, but I'm critical because I care and I hope that I'm always coming down on the right side of it. That's yeah. what I got. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's a perfect way to sum it up. Um, and let me just say that this should have been the last song on the record. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, what do you rate it? I give this one three and a half out of five. I almost went four, but what you gonna do? I'm, I'm going four and a half Ooh. out of five. I re- I really like it. I feel like I've flipped a little bit. Like I was super into it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. I've gone down a little bit, but I still like it a lot. I, I I think I'm gonna look back on this podcast and be like, that fucking idiot should have gave it four, but I didn't. Well, there's there's always always someone. Uh, there's always a chance that someone out there is gonna be doing a podcast about our podcast and with that i say good luck um but remember that i've never been wrong and all y'all out there can attest to it we've been doing this damn thing for 53 weeks whatever it's a long time yeah um and we started it because we wanted to do something that we knew we'd be able to talk about for as long as we wanted to talk about it. Yep. And, and guess what? We've got like a hundred more of these songs to go. So um, we do appreciate all of you who uh, who invite this into your weekly routine. And we would invite you to share it, tell a friend about it. Um, we don't ask for ratings and reviews too often. But since we talked about reviews... This seems like a good time to do it. Good reviews are good for the show, um, and they're nice to read. And if you want to help support us, that's a great way to do it. That one doesn't cost money. If you want to do one that does cost a little bit of money, we got a Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. And the reason it costs money is because we're doing dope stuff on it, and we got a lot of different incentives available for you, some bonus content some merchandise some polls you can vote if so many polls baby and that's like really dope that we mm-hmm. give people the opportunity to vote in a poll your opinion matters and 
We just want to say that we love you and we are looking forward to next week. A whole new song to talk about and we will see you then. Thanks, folks.